0: Yeah, I did. So much. Romans 12. Start there. It's a good crew for a Tuesday night. So we're praying this week I don't run out of things to say. Because I preach Sunday. I'm preaching tonight. Preaching Thursday. Thursday. I'm preaching Sunday. So we pray that we don't run out of things to say by next Sunday. I don't think I will, but... Yeah, I know. But usually not like four in a row like that. So, uh, Romans 12, and we're going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to preach to you tonight, if this is okay. It's kind of a different message uh, to preach on the midweek service, but it's something uh, that I shared at the quarry recently. And we're doing a series called Goals. So... I'm going to share a message about goals tonight. It is the beginning of the year, uh, so it's a fitting message. And so we're going to talk about goals tonight. So Romans 12, in verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, Imperfect will of God. But notice in verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now let's look at Philippians. Philippians 3. Philippians 3. And just so you know, we're trying to put as many messages as we can on our website so you can go download those for free. You don't even have to buy a CD. You can go and listen for free. And so uh, it might not be every service, but most services will try to get some messages up there. So Philippians 3 in verse uh, 12 says, Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, key verse, it says, I press, this is the apostle Paul speaking, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice Paul said, I press or I pursue the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So tonight we're going to be talking about life goals. Everybody say life goals. Life goals. Let's say that one more time. Life goals. Doesn't it feel good to say that tonight? Life goals. Uh, That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about life goals. Now, um, before anybody laughs, um, I'm not the most organized person. I'm not the most disciplined person. So those of you in here who are like myself will be very encouraged by the end of this message that there's hope for you. I'm not a brother Sean Garing. I'm the complete opposite. That's why we complete each other. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) I am the big picture guy. I am cast the vision. I am creative ideas. I'm not let's get down to the nitty-gritty and talk about details or I'll just tune you out. Somebody has to organize my life for me. I'm not that disciplined of a person. I need to be better at this. Uh, So some of you are super goal-oriented in here like Brother Sean and some of you are not. But I feel like there'll be hope for all of us after we're done with this message. So uh, we're going to be talking about life goals. Now, it is still the beginning of the year. It's January. And um, in January, we know that a lot of people set New Year's resolutions. Um, if you went to the gym in December and you went to the gym in January, there would be a big difference on who's there. Now, if you go back in February, there'll be a lot more space at the gym. Just wait. Just wait. Um, and so there's, the beginning of the year, there's New Year's resolution, there's new possibilities, everybody feels like, which is not bad when there's a new year that there's a new motivation to do something, you have a fresh start, you have a new year, so a lot of people have New Year's resolutions. Now, uh, the sad part about that is most people don't carry out their New, new Year's resolutions. Most people don't. And most people start the year thinking, well, there's new possibilities. I'm dreaming big. I have big goals. I have big vision. Now, why don't people do that when their heart is right and they want to change, they want to be different, they want to set goals? Well, I would say, first of all, that people don't involve God in their goals. People don't involve God in their resolutions. People don't involve God in their growth and their change. That's why majority of time, People don't change and people don't grow and people don't achieve their goals is because they leave God out of the picture. And so the people that do achieve the goals are the very disciplined, organized people, which is the minute number of people on the planet that fit in that category that are just so self-controlled and self-disciplined that they can actually carry out those goals, but they're not having a good time when they're doing it. They're gritting their teeth and they're getting it done. But they're not enjoying the change and the goals that is going on in their life. Not saying Brother Sean isn't the most joyful person we've ever met. But I'm just saying. So um, this has been one of the first times that Brother Sean has been down here when I'm preaching. So I've been using him so far the whole time. But he fits with this message. So in a good way, in a good way. So there's so many people that have these New Year's resolution and goals, and we don't do it because we don't involve God in our goals. We don't involve God in our goals. So we're going to talk about that tonight. Now, the title for the series came uh, from, really, social media. Now, some of you have no idea what that is, and some of you know a lot about what that is. And uh, this word, goals, is all over social media. And there's hashtag goals, hashtag life goals, hashtag car goals, hair goals, gym goals, relationship goals, all these goals. Now, if we could all say this, we know that Steve, Stephen Cook, and Ron, Cameron, have the best hair goals in the entire church. Can we just all give it up for them right now? Let's just appreciate and honor. It takes hard work to have hair goals like that. It takes years of growing out your hair to have those kind of goals. Now they, and I've said this at the quarry before many times, Ron and Steve have the best hair goals. That didn't happen overnight. That took years of discipline and self-control and God Almighty helping them grow their hair out. And good genes. Good genes didn't hurt either. But if you look on social media, you can find every goal that you could think of. And if you look up hashtag life goals, hashtag car goals, you will see every kind of picture you could think of. Now, you know, they got uh, usually a billionaire with a yacht and a house, and it's like life goals, and that's what people want, and that's what people want to honor. Or, you know, they have the couple who's at the gym, and both of them are really in shape, and it says relationship goals. Now, my favorite one is this. There's a picture of uh, a girl and a guy at the gym in very good shape, and it says, this could be us, but we love pizza too much. (laughs) Talking about relationship goals. Can I get amen for pizza in the house of God? Or, Or you could change anything. We love donuts too much. We love Doc's Seafood too much. We love White Castle too much. Any of those things. And so if you look on social media, that's where the idea of this series came, Uh, Because goals is a big thing right now. So people will uh, take pictures all over the internet of everything you could think of and and put by life goals or relationship goals. And so that's where this uh, series is coming from. Now, uh, let's look back over at Romans 12 in verse 2. Still here tonight. Romans 12 in verse 2. Now, the thing is that All of us in here need to know this. God wants you to grow. When you're born again, you're born a baby. So you need to grow. And you need to change. Now, it's been said before, and it is true, that God loves you the way you are. It's true. That is a true statement. God loves you the way you are. But his love won't keep you the way you are. Hello, somebody. And so we can't just say, well, God loves me the way I am and never plan on growing or changing in our walk with God. Because if you're a real believer, God will address things in your life that you need to change and the areas that you need to grow. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It means he does love you. Because it says in Hebrews, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. He challenges to grow. He challenges to change. And so just because God loves us, doesn't mean he wants us to stay the same way we are. He loves us the way we are, but his love will compel us to change, to grow, to do something different. His love will compel us to set some goals and visions for our life because when we're born again, that's not the way that God wants us to stay the rest of our life. He wants us to grow. He wants us to change. He wants us to have a vision or a goal for our life. And so God's love will compel us Or challenge us to change. God's love will give you supernatural goals and vision for your life. And each of us in here have unique things that God will challenge us to do. It's not all the same. But we need to understand this. Just because it's a new year doesn't mean it's going to be a new you. Awful quiet in this Pentecostal church. Just because it's a new year does not mean it's a new you. I know it rhymes and it's cute and people preach on it. But it doesn't mean it's a new you if if it's just a new year. It will be the same year if it's the same you going into 2016. Because we're going to have to do something intentionally to change. Now before we read Romans 12 in verse 2, we need to understand this. All of us in here change internally before we change externally. The way the world tries to change you is from the outside in. But God changes us from the inside out. It's completely different. And that's why so many people are frustrated in the world and even believers is because they're trying to change from the outside in. And it doesn't work that way because God changes us from the inside out. So if we're going to change in any area, I'm not just talking spiritually. In any area, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in relationships, in our career, in our marriage, with our children. If we're going to change at all, it has to change inside before it changes outside. And the thing about that is you don't see it first inside. It's a process. It takes time to change internally before you change externally. But that's the only way to have true and lasting change is if we change Internally before we change externally. And this is what God is speaking through the Apostle Paul here. It says Romans 12 two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Now. In the New Living Translation, it says this. This is great. It says, let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Let me read that one more time. Let God transform you into a new person. A lot of us in here could say, I could use being a new person in 2016. There's areas in my life I want to be new. What did he say? Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So it starts internally before it happens externally. I want to be a new person. I want new goals. I want new vision. I want to change. Well, God says you got to change the way you think internally before you change the way you live externally. you guys still listening tonight? So we need to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. In Proverbs it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or as a woman thinks in her heart, so is he. So whatever you think about your life and yourself and change and growth and goals, that's the way you will be, whether good or bad. Because we've got to let God transform the way we think. And transform us into a new person. And how does that happen? It happens by the word of God. It happens by the world, the word of God. Now the world is trying to mold us into their image and their likeness all the time. And you realize if you do nothing with your mind and your thoughts, you're automatically being conformed to this world. It's not like I'm neutral. No, if you live in this world and you do nothing about your thoughts and the way you think in your internal being, you are automatically being conformed or molded into the image of this world. It's already happening. There's no such thing as, no, I'm really not, but I'm not really in the word and I'm not really in the world. No, you're already being conformed to this world. You're being molded into their image. So we have to do something different if we want different results than the world has. And so it says, let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. we got to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Now, how do we change the way we think? We have to renew our mind to the word of God. It starts internally before it happens externally. Now, here's the thing. And we we mentioned this at the beginning of the year in our first series about putting God first. If you never get into the Word of God, you have no chance of changing. And you could come to church all you want. And you could worship God at church all you want, but you're not going to change. And you're not going to have any real lasting change or fruit in your life unless you daily get into the Word of God. Because what's happening is... When you're at your job, you're at your school, you're in your neighborhood, wherever you go, you're automatically being conformed to the way they think, the way they live. So you have to do something drastically different if you want different results. And we need to know the way God thinks. And the only way to know the way God thinks is to get into the word of God. That's why it's so important. It's not just I need to read my Bible so I don't get in trouble. That's not it. I just need to read my Bible so nobody gets mad at me. You need to read your Bible because it helps you. And it changes you. And it grows you. God did not write the word of God for himself. God wrote the word of God for you. Not him. Because he he knew that we needed help. And we needed somebody to help us change and grow. And we needed his thoughts. And so he gave us the word of God. So we could know the way God thinks and the way that God acts and the way that God is on the earth. And so if we're gonna change, we have to get into the word of God. Now, today, there is no excuse. A hundred years ago, okay, give me a couple excuses. You could have one. But today, with all the translations and all the technology, there is no reason not to get into the word of God. I mean, they got they got like a Pokemon translation, for goodness sakes. They have a Jurassic Park translation, a Star Wars translation, a new living a message, a NIV, a NKJV, an NLT. They have every translation you can think of. So there's no excuse not to get into the Word of God. And even if you can't read, you can download the Bible and listen to somebody read it to you. So we live in a day and an age where there is no excuse not to get into the Word of God. There is no excuse not to be able to change because we have so many translations. We have so much technology, especially in the Western world where we live, where there's people in China today that have two pages of the Bible and are thankful for it. But we have 100 translations on our phone and we don't read it all week long. I mean, think think about that, how privileged we are in the Western world. We don't just have it in our library. We have it on our phone. A hundred translations anytime we want it, And people can read it to us. And we choose not to get into it. And so before we go any further, this is kind of the foundation for goals tonight. Is we have to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. And the, we change the way we think by learning the word of God, which is God's thoughts or the way that God thinks. We have to change internally before we change externally. We have to change the root before we change the fruit. You want different fruit on the tree? You got to get to the root of the issue. Don't be clipping limbs down and putting, putting a, a killer around the tree. You got to get down to the root of the issue. If you want to change the fruit, you got to change the root first. And that's what we're talking about when we say you got to change inside before you change outside. So we have to change the way we think, and we do that by the Word of God. As you think, so are you. Now let's look at Habakkuk 2. Isn't that fun, Habakkuk? Just baby names for 2016 for anybody? Habakkuk 2, which is after Nahum, probably one of your favorite passages, Nahum. Habakkuk 2, and we're going to read in a second here, very familiar verse to vision and goals. Now, we're talking about changing the way you think. Now, when we're talking about changing the way you think pertaining to goals specifically, let's just pick a goal. We'll, We'll pick a couple here you got to change the way you think internally before things change externally. So, let's just say you want to lose weight. Nobody raised their hand. Nobody looking around. Nobody nudging anybody else. Let's say you want to get in better shape. You want to lose weight. You can't keep thinking about your fat and overweight, and you can't change. Are you here tonight? And expect to change. If you see yourself as being unhealthy and overweight, and you can't change, and you can't change your eating habits, and you hate the gym, and you don't want to go there, and you don't want to exercise, guess what? You're not going to change. Is that too honest on a Tuesday night? But your goal is losing weight. But if you don't change the way you think, you'll never get there. Even if you start going to the gym, even if you start changing your diet, if you keep thinking that way, you'll be the same next year. You didn't know you were going to a weight loss seminar tonight, did you? But that's just one example. Same way with your education. If you feel the whole time that, and you're thinking to yourself, I can't learn this. This is beyond me. I can't get good grades. The teachers don't like me. I'm not going to graduate. I'm not going to get into this college. I'm not going to make good grades. Doesn't matter how much you study. As you think, so are you. And then most people will blame the teacher and themselves and everybody else and say they're not smart. No, you think a certain way, so you are a certain way. Am I preaching on a Tuesday night? Same way with your finances. You say you want to get out of debt, you want to be prosperous. Well, you can't see yourself poor. You can't see yourself barely getting by the rest of your life. You can't see yourself, well, we always got to buy used. We always have to go to the goodwill. We always have to do that. Now, if you want to go to the goodwill, go to the goodwill. But don't feel like you have to. So we can't say, hey, I want to be prosperous. I want to be generous. I want to be wealthy. I want to take care of my family. I want to get out of debt. But you're thinking the complete opposite thoughts all the time you got to think different. you got to think, I am going to be prosperous. It doesn't matter if everybody in your family was poor. It doesn't matter if everybody in your family had no education. They never got by. They never got ahead. That doesn't have to be you. And you don't have to think the same way that they thought. Because if you think the same way that they thought, you will get the same results that they got. we going somewhere on a Tuesday night. I felt that. <laughs> you know, I was just spitting flows up here rapping on a Tuesday night. But we got to think different. We can't say, God, I want you to prosper me. You know, I want to give more. I want to get out of debt. But you're constantly thinking all day long, we're not going to make it. I've always been this poor. I don't have the education. I'm never going to get that raise. We're never going to get ahead. We're never going to live in this neighborhood. I'm never going to get a new car. It's impossible to get out of debt. As you think, so are you. So that's why I wanted to deal with that first because that is the root of all the rest of the issues. And that is the foundation for all the rest of the change we're going to talk about tonight. Because if you get that right, then you can build on it. But if that's not right, you could try any kind of self-help program, any kind of 10-step program, and you're not going to change because you've got to change the root to change the fruit. You're still here tonight. So Habakkuk 2 and 2... It says, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Verse 3 For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. But notice it says, Write the vision, or we could say, Write the goal, make it plain, or we could say, Make it simple, that you may run. Who reads it? So this is the first thing I want to talk about tonight, and this is very practical. Brother Sean, you're going to love this. Very practical. If we want to change, if we want to have different life goals in 2016, if we want a different goal than we had last year, we're going to have to write it down. Now, this is not just something that some self-help guy made up. It's not something that is just corny or cheesy. This is something that God says is supernatural. When you write the vision, it does something for you. When you write the vision, it means something to God. It means that you take him seriously what he said. And it says write the vision, or we could say write the goals, make it plain that you may run who reads it. Now, what does that mean? That means after you've written it, you can run and be active and step out with what you wrote down and not just have it written and let it stay in there for the next year. So we need to write the vision. We need to write goals that we want to achieve in our life. Now, God had this figured out way before business people had this figured out. Way before people figured this out. God had this figured out thousands and thousands of years before any self-help guy made a lot of money writing a book about write your goals down. And this is what happens because even the business world will use this. Now, this is a true statistic. They say that if you write your goals down, you are 80% higher success rate to actually fulfill those goals compared to the people who don't write it down are you kidding me here? Just writing it down, you are 80% higher success rate to fulfill those goals than the people who wrote down nothing and just thought about it. Because how many know all of us in here have goals, have vision in our heart and in our mind, but we never write it down? Imagine just what writing it down will do. There's an 80%. Now, this is just a natural study that people did 80% higher success rate for people who actually wrote down their goals. They actually achieved them. Now, we need to write down goals we have, and not just spiritual goals. That's awesome. But physical goals, emotional goals, mental goals, goals with our relationships, goals with our career, or what we're called to do. The thing is, if we don't know where we're going, how will we know when we get there? People are just out there winging it. (laughs) This sounds too much like my life. (laughs) Out there making no plans and wondering why nothing happens. You know what? When people ask me what I'm doing for the weekend, this is my favorite response. I I don't know. Yeah, and I like that. That comforts me. That excites me not having to answer that question. I told you this is going to be a help to those of you who are like me. When they say, what are you doing this weekend? I don't want people to to have me on a schedule. I want to say wing it. Because that's relaxing for me. Being on a schedule is not relaxing for me. But the people on a schedule achieve a lot more than what I achieve. So far, so far, I'm getting better. I said, there's hope for us. All of us. Who's like me in here? Anybody like me? Raise your hands. Who's like Brother Sean in here? Raise your hands. Come on. There's some hand raisers in the house of God. So, if we don't know where we're going, how will we know when we get there? We're just running aimlessly. Now, this is a a quote that goes with what I just said. Life without goals is like a race without a finish line. You are going nowhere. And a lot of us in here, myself included, we live year after year after year with no distinct goals. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and we're wondering why year after year goes by and nothing changes. And nothing's different. Because we never write it down that we can run with the goals that God has given us. Are you getting something tonight? So we have to write it down because it kind of gives us a marker on where we're really out. Um thinking about this here, we live in a generation and a time that does a lot of this. Now, I'm not saying this is wrong, but I'm not saying this is right. That's a very 2016 say- statement, isn't it? <laughs> but we live in a generation and a time that loves not having any goals no scoreboards. Did I say that? Yeah, there, there's no winners, there's no losers. We all get a trophy, we all get ice cream, and we all get to go home as winners. Okay, that might work on the playground, but that's not real life. And, you're ra- and people are raising up a generation like myself that grew up with no goals, there's no standards. There's no winners, there's no losers. If we all gave our best best effort, you know, we can go eat some vegan ice cream after this, and um, you know we'll we'll go back and put on our organic fair trade clothing um, and drink our coffee together because there's no goals, there's no standards there's we're all winners, nobody's a loser, nobody has any goals now. The thing is, with that, like the quote says, life without goals is like a race without a finish line. You're going nowhere. And let's be honest, that can work for little kids, but for real life, it doesn't work because real life, there is winners and there is losers. Now, we wouldn't say that to each other, but we know that there's people in life that are losing. Isn't that true? Some of us in here right now are losing in areas of our life and it's it's the truth, so you can't just think, Oh, I'm just gonna think happy thoughts and we all win and we all get ice cream. No. You have the power to change, you have the power to do something different. And the truth is in real life, not in T ball, but in real life, there is winners and there is losers. And we have to have a goal. We have to have some rules. We have to have something to keep track of what's going on in our life. We can't just wing it, and we're all going to win. No, if you wing it, you're going to end up in your parents' basement at 45 years old, eating pizza, playing Call of Duty. Sounds like a middle schooler in the quarry right now. All of them, actually. But you're not 45, so it's cool now. Thumbs up for that right now. It's all good now, but 45, it's not funny. 45 is not funny. It's you're a loser. Get out of the house. Do something with your life. Am I telling the truth tonight? I know this is, not, this is not politically correct to say this, but it's still the truth. There is winners and there is losers in life, and we need to have some goals. We need to have some finish lines to know, are we actually doing good at all? Are we actually making it? Are we just, you know, in the field, just throwing the ball up in the air, acting like we're winning? We're winning. We're win. No, you're not winning. First of all, you don't even know how to play sports, but you're not winning at the same time. You're being a loser right now. Isn't that the truth? So we have to have some goals. No, no recently I, I told Brother Sean and Miss Jenny this. I said, we need to count how many people are in the sanctuary on Sunday mornings. Where'd you go? Where'd you guys go? You just left. You know why? We got to see where we're at. Are we winning or are we losing? It's easier to not look at the results and act like we're winning when we're not. And how many know in your personal life it's easier to just ignore the results because you know if you looked at it, it's not looking too good, so you'd rather just, we're winging it. (laughs) But living like that, you're never going to fulfill the will of God. You're never going to accomplish anything. You're never going to do anything great. You're never going to be a leader. You're never going to be prosperous. You're never going to be a whole person. You're never going to be somebody who influences other people like God has called us to be if we have no goals and we have no vision and no standards. So I asked them, I said, I want to know how many people are in our church every Sunday morning, not just in the sanctuary, in the classrooms, because we need to know where we're at. We need some goalposts and say, are we missing it or not? Same thing with our finances. We need to know, are we missing it or not? Because if it's not working, we got to change some things. Y'all getting something tonight? Feel better now. So, we got to have some goals. we got to have some scoreboards on how we're really doing in our personal life. Now, when I say goals and standards, I'm not saying you put that on other people. You understand me? I'm saying you, you do that with yourself. So you don't need to be going around after the sermon. Well, you know what Pastor Jay said? He said, you're a loser. And he said, okay, I'm talking about yourself. Talk to yourself. When we're talking about goals and vision, you don't need to look at everybody else because God's going to be speaking to them differently. I didn't say call people losers. I said that we need to be real honest with ourselves and see how we're really doing. So when we have goals and standards, don't put that on somebody else because you're not their God. And God's not going to talk to you the same way he's going to talk to them. We're still here. Man, we're doing good. It's 8.03. Making good time. Now here's something I want to challenge you with. Now we challenge you at the beginning of the year to do the first 15 and to do five minutes of uh, prayer and Thanksgiving, five minutes of Well, five minutes of thanksgiving and praise, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of the word. At the beginning of the year, don't do it right now. But tonight, when you go home or the next couple days, I want you to write down three goals for 2016. The thing is, we could preach a message like this and everybody feel warm and fuzzy and like this is awesome and inspired. But we got to get real practical and say, no, when I go home, I'm going to write down three goals. It's not enough to get excited when you're at church. you got to do something when you leave the building, which is called being a doer of the word that you just heard. Because the word of God will not profit you if you just hear it and don't do it. So I just gave you a real practical way to do what you're listening to tonight. When you go home, write down three goals for 2016. Now let me throw some things out to you. This could be for your health. This could be Spiritual goals, you want to read more books about uh, a certain subject, you want to read your Bible more, you want to pray more, you want to get involved in the ministry of helps more. This could be your soul. This could be your mind. This could be a goal pertaining to the gift of God on your life or your career. You want to get better at certain areas of your career or your vocation. This could be a relationship goal with somebody you know. This could be about your finances. So there's so many options we could choose. So think about this. When you go home or tomorrow, next couple days, write down three goals for 2016. You guys are making a whole lot of noise over there. I'm joking. Hitting chairs, bumping each other. You know, it's always the Stumbler Atkins-Garing crew, isn't it? (laughs) It always is. It always goes back. Yeah, just loud. That's (laughs) It just runs in the blood. <laughs> so I know weeds. I saw Weed's faces like, you guys are getting me in trouble over here. I'm trying to, trying to do what's right. <laughs> so when we go home, three goals. So that could be in any of those areas of your life. Health, spirit, soul, body, mind, your gift, your finances, your relationships. But we need to write it down. It's important to write it down. God says to write it down, so let's be a doer of the word. He says, write the vision. Make it plain. And once you write it down, I would say, put it somewhere that you're going to see it every day. I didn't say tattoo it on your forehead. But I did say, put it somewhere where you can see it every day. Put it on your mirror. Laminate it. Of course, laminate it because that makes it ten times cooler. Put it somewhere you're going to see it. Put it on your wall. Have Miss Liz paint a mural of it. I don't know. If you'll do it, get you a good mural on your wall. So we're going to write down three goals for 2016. Now let's look at Philippians 2. We're going to land the plane here soon enough. Nobody jump off. We're going to land. Philippians 2. Now, can I tell you a couple of my goals? And these are going to sound super carnal, but we'll just go with it. Um, be nice to my mother. That wasn't on. That wasn't on any list. Um, you're staying at my house. I mean, how much nicer? The house that you helped me get. So I mean, it's all. It comes full circle. Okay, this is some of my goals. Now I mentioned this. It seems like I mentioned lifting weights or being in shape a lot in the pulpit, but. <laughs> laugh come on you guys look so serious when i say that so um one of my goals and i told the corey members this now when i was telling the corey members this this is a humble brag this is what you call a humble brag when i was telling the corey members about i need to get in better shape i was wearing 30 30 skinny jeans come on come on okay now, it's one thing for Bruce or Ron or Steve to wear thirty thirty jeans, but me, as a grown man, 28 years old, me still being able to wear 30-30 jeans, which was excruciatingly painful the other night, but that's why I'm a good youth pastor, because I will go through that pain for you. Okay. Um, back to what we are talking about health goals. so I go to the gym. (laughs) You guys are not responding. Yeah. What do I do there? I talk to people. uh, I network. I hand out my cards. So there's something I recognize. Now, I don't have any problem going to the gym. Now, you know that because I told you Sunday. I used to go quite a bit in high school. Now, I got away from that. You know, you get married, you have a kid, you settle down, spend a lot of time from the TV, (laughs) a lot of cartoons, a lot of fast food. (laughs) And you start going downhill. You got to do something quick. So a couple years ago, I was kind of in a bad way physically. And so since I was in a bad way physically, I'm like, I got to do something. I need to get back where I used to be. Now, I'm not there. So I started going back to the gym. Now, when I first went, just encouragement for all you people in here, when I first went back to the gym after all those years, it was horrible. (laughs) For weeks at a time, it was horrible. But I stayed with it, and now I'm in a pattern. I've been doing that for year after year. And so now I make sure I get into the gym at least a couple times a week. And if I don't go, I feel weird because it's a pattern. It's a habit. So I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm just saying you got to stick with it. So I have no problem going to the gym and lifting weights. Now, cardio is another situation. Can I get amen in the house of God? (laughs) You can lift some weights, but running on a treadmill, jumping rope, cycling, why would you want to put yourself through that? But I realized this. Now, this is a personal goal, that in 2016, I need to get in better shape. So I need to do some cardio because it's good for you. It's good for your heart, it's good for your lungs, good for your body. And even though it hasn't been pleasant, i got to change the way I think about it. And I need to not just lift weights, but I need to do some cardio. That's one of my goals. I need to start doing cardio. haven't done it yet in 2016, but we're heading this way, all right? I told you I'd encourage you people who are just like me. Now, one of the other things is I need to eat better. Can we all say amen in the house of God? I need to stop eating so much fast food. So much junk, so much fried food. But it's my parents' fault. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> Joking kind of. You were never home when we had dinner. You always with your friends <laughs> at the fast food. Store. <laughs> Why are you? Where's security? I told your dad that's what Where is security? Okay. But that's something I need to do better. I need to stop eating so much fried food, fast food. And really, the Corey members make me do that. Yeah, we're just blaming everybody tonight. (laughs) No, but at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I need to change my eating habits. Can't blame it on anybody else. I need to change change my eating habits. So that's something for 2016. I haven't done much of it yet. That's a goal. I need to eat better need to eat healthy food because I realize I'm 28 years old, but I want to live a long life and not just live a long life. I want to be healthy, full of life, full of energy and not struggling when I get older. So we need to start these habits. And can I encourage you older people in here? You can start new habits right now. You can start eating good. You can start exercising and, and the rest of your life could be the best of your life. I thought you old people would agree with me. Not old people. Older, seasoned people. Not old people. I didn't mean to say that. Seasoned people. Now, another, another goal I have is I need to read more books. Now, when I was in high school, I hated reading books because I was like, what is the point? What is your point? Why am I doing this? But when it comes to subjects I like, I'll read. So subjects like the Bible, commentaries, books on leadership. So that's something for 2016 I really want to focus on. That's just a goal I wrote down. I want to read a lot more, not just in the Word of God, but read a lot more theological books, but also leadership books at the same time. I'm a procrastinator. I have been. And I have so many books in my library that I've read partway. Anybody like that in here? So many books that I got halfway through it. And then I saw another book that looked so much better. (laughs) And I started reading it. And then halfway through, I was like, but I need to buy this other new book that just came out. And so in 2016, this is just a goal for me. I want to read a lot more. In the Bible, leadership books, theological books. So those are just some goals that I set for myself. That's not everything. But let's look at Philippians 2.13, and we're going to wrap it up here. You guys still good? Now, before we read Philippians 2.13, I heard Pastor Angie say this one time, and it really stood out to me. Speaking about goals, she said, you don't get what you want, you get what you pursue. You don't get what you want, you get what you pursue. Now, you have to have a want-to first, but ultimately, you don't get what just you want, you get what you pursue or you go after. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure. It is God who works in you, notice in you because it has to change inside first, both to do His good will and pleasure. Now, the New Living says God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do His will. And this goes back to what I said at the beginning. A lot of people have goals. They don't complete them because they don't bring God into their goals. But listen to this verse. God is saying to all of us, if we really have a goal from God, we have a vision, we write it down, we can trust God and God will give us the desire and the power to do His will. How many know it's His will that you you are healthy? It's His will that you are prosperous. It's His will that you achieve the goals that He set in your life. So He will give you the desire and the power to do it. So that should be encouraging for all of us in here. No matter what it is, you need to quote this verse pertaining to what you're talking about. And it says, "In the new living, God is working in me, giving me the desire." And the power to do His will. God is working in me, giving me, notice, the desire, the want to. And not only that, but the power and ability to do it. So when we're talking about goals here, we're not by ourselves. We're not alone. We have the God of the universe living on the inside of us that is not only going to give us a desire, but the power to do His will. And so we're not talking about doing our goals in our own power, in our own strength. You won't make it. You'll give up. You'll quit. But God says, I will give you the desire and the power to do my will. I don't know if you're encouraged or not tonight, but that's good. And so I want that to pertain to whatever you're thinking of right now. Because I know all of you in here have things going on in your mind right now. Goals, situation, things you've tried, you've done, you've failed you need to be thinking, know what? God has given me the desire and the power to do His will. God has given me the desire and the power to lose weight. God has given me the desire and power to be healthy. God has given me the desire and the power to get out of debt. God has given me the desire and power to read more books. God has given me the desire and power to fix this relationship. God has given me the desire and power to do whatever He's called me to do. And so that we can achieve the goals that God has put in our life. Are you hearing me on a Tuesday night? And so we need to believe that. We need to have faith in that. We have faith in all the other things that God says. Well, God says, I'll give you the desire, the want to, and power to do my will. If you want to change, stop saying, well, I don't want to do that. I can't stand to do that. No, God says He'll give you the desire and the power to do it. So we've got to change the way we think, we've got to change the way we talk about it. We need to believe God's word, and it says it's God working in you. No, notice not you. God working in us, and he'll give us a desire and power to achieve these goals he's put in our life. The desire and the power to do his will. Now, thinking about that, when you desire it, you want it. And God's going to give you the power to do it. You have to take that next step if you want God's power to work in your life. So, yes, write it down. That's first. Then God's going to start giving you desires to do it. But then we got to take the next step, which is a step of faith. We say, well, God, you said you'd give me your power, but God says, do something. And then I'll give you my power. Are you here tonight? God says, I'll give you my power, but you have to do something. Ever notice the Holy Spirit's called the helper, not the doer? Meaning, if we want the Spirit of God to help us, we have to do something. Getting real practical, we can't say, I want to lose weight and not go to the gym and not go exercise. We got to give something, God, something to work with. We can't say, God, I want to lo- lose weight, but we don't eat healthy food. We have to make a step, a face step in the right direction, and God will give us power to do it. But we have to do something. Yeah, right. Are you here tonight? Sometimes we leave that out. No, He'll give you the desire. But he'll give you the power. But you have to do what he's called you to do first. got to step out in faith. Now, I can't sit in my office and not pick up a book all day long and say, God, I'm believing you're going to help me read these books. I could look at my bookshelf all day and say, God, man, I desire to read these books. Mm." Book goals, 2016. I really want to read these books. And God will say, pick up the book and start reading it, and I'll give you power to read all these books. And you can pertain that to anything in your life, whether it's with your career or with your relationships, with your mind, with your body, with your health, with your finances. God's saying you got to move, you got to do something. Because when you do, I'll give you my power to do it. In James it says faith without works is dead. Meaning faith without a corresponding action is not real faith. We can't just say, well God I believe it, I desire it, I want it. But faith without works is dead. You got to do something. And that's when God's power moves. Now let's all be honest in here. We all want to feel it before we do it. It's called being a human being. On the planet. We all want to feel like doing it before we actually do it. We all want to have the warm and fuzzies before we do it. But that's feelings. That's not faith. Faith says I believe it before I see it. Faith says I step out when I'm overweight, when I'm unhealthy, and start working at it. And when I do step out in faith, God's going to give me the power to be healthy. God's got to give me the power to get out of debt. But i got to start somewhere. God's got to give me the power to fix this relationship. He's got to give me the power to get ahead in my career. But we have to step out in faith. One last passage. We're done tonight. Did you guys get something tonight? I think that's encouraging knowing that it's not up to us to fulfill this and do it on our own strength. That God will give us that desire, that want to. But not just that. He'll give us the power to do it. So that means whatever it is in our life, we have no excuse not to go for it. Because God himself says, I will help you. I will help you change. I will help you grow. I will help you achieve these goals. But you got to do something. You got to step out because then I'll give you the desire and power to do it. Philippians 3 and verse 14, it says, I pressed towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Notice Paul said he pressed or he pursued or he had action. He took faith steps towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul, of course, he was in the ministry, so he maybe had some different goals than we did. But he knew his ultimate goal was, I need to fulfill the plan of God for my life. And that's what I'm going after. And notice, he uses words that is not, let me just sit on the couch and think about it. Let me just wait and believe that it's going to happen. No, he says, I press towards it. I move towards it. I take action steps. I believe that God's going to give me the desire and power to fulfill it, not just sit aside and he says, I press towards that goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, thinking about this, I know we shared a lot of practical things about different goals in our life and about achieving them. But at the end of the day, our number one goal should be, I want to fulfill the plan of God for my life. Now, of course, God wants you to fulfill all those different things that pertain to you fulfilling the call God for your life, like your health, like your finances, like your relationships. But God ultimately, he wants to know that our number one goal is his will, his plan, his heart, and not this attitude, well, God, I'm just going to use you so I can get what I want in this life, but I really don't want to do your will. God wants to know that our number one priority above any other goal, whether it's natural or physical or spiritual or emotional, that our number one goal in this life is the plan and will of God. And I believe, just like we taught in the first series, if we seek that first, you'd be surprised what everything else falls into place in your life. You'd be surprised how much easier the rest of your goals get when you make His will your number one goal. Did you guys get anything tonight? Well, if we could for a moment, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we just thank you for tonight. And we thank you for this church family. Father, we thank you for everyone in the building tonight. And I pray, Father, right now that you would speak to them tonight or in the next few days about goals and plans and visions you have for their life. Everyone in here has a unique call and a unique grace to fulfill great things. And Father we thank you tonight. That we will fulfill the goals that you put in our life. And Father I thank you right now. Your heart and my heart as the pastor here is this. That we're not just healthy spiritually. But we're healthy in our bodies. We're healthy in our minds. We're healthy in our relationships. We're healthy in our careers. Because you want to see us healthy in a whole. Spirit, soul and body. Father, I thank you right now that you're going to give us the desire and power to do it like never before in 2016. How many received that tonight? Father, we just thank you right now that you're giving us creative ideas to accomplish these goals. That you're giving us divine ideas on how to get things done. That Father God, you're giving us a supernatural desire and want to do things that we used to not want to do, but now we want to do them because the Spirit of God is helping us now. Father, I thank you that Our church is full of successful people, full of winners, full of people that overcome, full of people that influence this culture, full of people that are prosperous and healthy and whole and sound. And Father God, that we are going to achieve great things, not for us, but for your glory and for your strength. And I thank you, Father God, that you're going to help us fulfill these life goals. And not just this year, but for the rest of our life, that Father, we'd be mindful of your plan that you have for us.